This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. I am Annalise, an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And my name is Melanie. I'm also an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we're going to talk about your favorite subject and mine, fad diets. Yeah. So it's a good time because it's, you know, newer in the year. There is advertising everywhere. Yes. And so it's a good time to touch on how do we find a fad diet in terms of like spot it. How do we tell if it's a fad diet versus good nutrition? Yep. And um, why we don't want to go down that road. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the whole title fad is typically indicative of something that's probably not going to last. So we're, we could start there. <laughs> true. Popular and temporary. Yes, Exactly. And I, I know it's not true, but they say in diet, it has dye in it, which means you shouldn't. But we won't die. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Just something you observe in the word. But anyways, moving on. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, the first and foremost is, I, I will just preface this aside from the actual diets, is know who you're getting your information from. Yes. Um, if someone doesn't have a fundamental background in um, science in nutrition um, and I mean like a college degree in this yeah you could fun fact you can actually purchase a nutritionist certification for 60 bucks on the internet oh well then (laughs) (laughs) but but here's the thing is like you don't know what you don't know. So if you're talking to a quote-unquote expert that doesn't have a strong background in nutritional science, in anatomy, biology, physiology, physiology, then they really don't have a, a foundation to be able to advise. Yes. And go ahead. I was going to say, like, there's a lot of those folks out there, like, you know, on, on social media apps and whatnot, who, who tote all the things that worked for them. And so therefore they're an expert because they were successful doing what they did. But just because they lost weight or did whatever they did to get where they are, does not mean they know what they're doing. Exactly. It means they know what they're doing when it comes to their body in particular. Yes. And that does not translate to being able to advise someone else with completely different things going on. Exactly. When I was when I was teaching back in the day, I, I taught a, a semester course at San Diego State, and a, a woman came in and she was like, "So I'm meeting with this personal trainer, and he's telling me I need to eat 135 grams of protein a day." And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you know, he's just like, bump up that protein if you want to, you know, lose weight and be successful and whatnot. And I was like, well, how much? And I was like, if you don't mind my asking, how much do you weigh? She's like, oh, I weigh 100 pounds. And I was like, oh, God, no. No, 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 no. Don't eat that much protein. That's too much. And uh, that's where we learned that just because you're a personal trainer also does not equal you know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Because maybe that's what he was doing at like six feet and 210 pounds. Exactly. Yeah. 135 grams of protein is, it's okay. But for, 
eating more protein than your actual weight not a great idea that's yeah, a lot this yeah. is a significant amount where for me it was red flag I was like no please don't and I kind of like talked her out of it but uh you know that's the thing when, when people have some sort of certification or some sort of degree or whatnot you know if someone comes up to you as a personal trainer and tells you hey you need to eat this way are they a dietitian if they're not, what's their background in nutrition? Can we trust what they're saying? Or are they just basing it off of what works for them? Yes. So vet the people where you're getting your information exactly. from. Exactly. Exactly. Not to say there aren't people out there who may have learned how to do it well on their own. And, like, I've seen many people out there who actually, like, well, yeah, that's correct. Can't can't argue with that. That's pretty scientific. But it, it, you know, you have to kind of do your own research to figure that out on your own, too. You have to kind of know it as well and be like, okay, they're correct. If you don't know, you don't know. As you said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So this whole fad diet thing, that's more, I think, than just a personal trainer telling you to eat way too much protein, <laughs> obviously. Um, so I guess, you know, to define the fad diet. I would say the first thing is, is... The first sign, at least, I see when, you know, you're going through social media and all of that kind of stuff is some huge claim for fast weight loss. Oh, yes. Like, lose 30 pounds in 30 days. Woohoo! That sounds successful. <laughs> what a sales pitch. I'm in. Which, not, not that, you know, one couldn't do that, but that's not the typical, and so they're trying to, they're trying to hook you in. It's Clickbait. Yes. The other thing I think that's a big clue in the fad diets is if it's restricting specific things from your diet. If a diet is saying you cannot eat X, Y, and Z, yep. that's a red flag. You should be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that diet because they're telling me I'm not allowed to eat any sort of grains, any sort of breads. I'm not allowed to eat any fat. I can only do vegetables and protein. That's pretty restrictive. And Ultimately, you won't be successful in the long term anyways, but that's the red flag you see right before you even start it. Don't bother. You're restricting yourself. You're going to be miserable. Yes. And it's the oldest trick in the book to get you to cut calories. Yes. Which, you know, bottom line is if you are losing weight, it's because you are in a calorie deficit. And if I want to sell you an idea, sell you a book, sell you a product, all I have to do is take out an entire food group and you will naturally cut your calories because I just took away a bunch of options. Yeah. Another thing too is, and this is it's something that I always kind of think about when people talk about whatever fad diets, and air quotes, fad diets that they're doing. Uh, fad diets, if, if they were really, really working, if they were really, really successful, kind of a clue in to whether or not they're going to work for you is if everybody is doing it and it works. But if you see this diet that a niche amount of group or niche, whenever you pronounce it, and the internet is doing and like there's like 10 people like, yeah, it works. And then half the people are like, eh, I don't like, really like it. If it's not working for everybody, it's probably a fad. Because mm. everyone would do it. If it was the magic end all be all, there you go. Right. Exactly. Right. So that should be another clue in. If it's something they claim is a super successful, everyone's doing it, but you don't know a single person doing that diet too, that's also another red flag. True. True. Clickbait. They want you to get in there. They want you to do it. They want you to say, hey, oh, that'll work for me because that there's a big ad that says it works for everybody. Misinformation in a sense because they're kind of leading you down this path that's misleading you into believing that so many people are doing this thing. 
you know, like tea toxes and and the grapefruit thing and, you know, all that nonsense that's out there. Will it actually work? A particular shake. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a few of those. I think the other thing to watch out for is the before and after pictures. Oh, yeah. With social media, the before and after pictures are very tempting, right? Oh, yeah. We love that. Look, I got from this point to this point and... Here's how I did it. Right. And be very, very wary of that because accounts steal other people's before and after pictures. So they might have a ton of quote-unquote success stories that they're claiming did their diet, did their protocol, their Mm -hmm. fitness program, when in fact all they did was screenshot from someone's personal accounts Mm -hmm. and not ask for permission. Yes, and then they label it as something else, like, oh, this person did this, follow us for this diet plan. I've actually seen in the comments where that person comes out and goes, I don't do that. Don't don't use my photo. This is not okay. But of course, since it's public, you know, there's not much they can do about it at this point. They can report it, but who knows? But yeah, you know, that's a big thing. They steal people's photos. <laughs> and another one I've seen a lot too are, um, usually I see this in commercials primarily, where they'll pro- they're, they're proposing this, like lose weight fast with this specific product that you take a pill or a supplement shake or whatever. And they show a before and after photo of someone who's not like, I wouldn't say super overweight, but they're, they're kind of chunky. And then an after photo where they're super buff and ripped. And you're like, whoa, what happened there? Like, they're super buff. Wow, they took the shake and they got muscular. That's a bodybuilder's before bulking phase where they're bulking up their muscle. And then their cut phase where they lose all the fat. Interesting. It's bodybuilders before and after. They're all bodybuilders in those photos. That's why they look so cut because that's what they are. They do that. (laughs) And it's very misleading because the average person doesn't realize that that's a bodybuilder because they're not putting them in their little like bikini things that they do for their bodybuilder shows. But don't be fooled. Right. And I think that that leads to the next big red flag when you're looking at some kind of program is that they are touting dramatic results that are easy. Yes. And the reality is, is that if you're going to do massive body change, that is going to take a lot of hard work and it's probably going to take six months to a year to achieve drastic, the drastic results you're seeing in some of these advertisements. Mm-hmm. So anytime a program is saying achieve XYZ results and it's so easy, change is not easy. No, <laughs> no, it's not. And to understand the physiology of weight loss like there's a lot more to it than just just eat less and move more like if it was that simple everyone would be skinny and we would not have any sort of obesity epidemic going on in anywhere to for that matter so it's not as simple you're fighting physiological protective factors your body is a feast or famine kind of machine here it's either feast or famine and if you're living in the united states you're generally not you know subjected to, to famine you're mostly feast fast food just walk down the street and get whatever you want in five minutes and get five thousand calories in five minutes exactly which is both a blessing and a curse <laughs> so <laughs> so you know our bodies are primed for feast or famine it you know it's easy to gain weight for a reason because historically speaking when there was actual famine that's what kept you alive so you wouldn't die and now 
you can go down to the drive-thru on your way home and be like, ah, I'll just get this and then go home, no problem. And that's not really good in the terms of your body because your body's like, sweet, extra calories, I'm ready for the next famine. That'll never happen. <laughs> and so then you're fighting that. That's the problem because then you're fighting that and you're trying to fight your body's mechanisms of self-preservation. And what's problematic is when you're trying to lose weight, it, it, you know, you get cravings, you could feel, well, whatever we want to call it. You know, I know you don't agree with the phrase cravings, but, you know, you, you have these impulses to eat. You feel, you know, like you're deprived or you're starving. You feel unpleasant and uncomfortable. That's the point. Your body's saying, uh-uh-uh, we don't want to die. Go eat. F famine. You don't want famine. It's feast time. <laughs> so you're fighting some biological preservation mechanisms the yeah, whole time. absolutely. And I, I do agree with cravings. They're just mental, not physical. Yes. I just like to make that distinction. And and yes, those come into play when you are trying to reduce your calorie deficit mm -hmm. because your brain wants the feedback mm -hmm. and your body wants the food. Yeah. Your body's like, feed me. And your brain's like, endorphins. Right. Give me all the good things. And unfortunately, that's not successful for weight loss. But the thing I think I really want to hone in on is also just the diet part of it this diet mentality where you okay. need to be on a diet because I hate that word. It's a dirty word. I don't like it. It's a bad word. Um, diet, I don't like for a few reasons, but the biggest one is the fact that it's, it's this temporary solution. It's supposed to be something temporary, and then you can go back to normal. Yes. You do a diet for X amount of time, then you're done with the diet, and now you can eat whatever you want because the diet's over. But if you look and because your weight loss is now solved, yes, your weight problem is now solved. It's corrected. Yeah. It's corrected. So now it's gone. And the problem with that is, it, a, it's not gone. Um, you aren't going to think much differently if it was a diet because you were like, it's over now. I've done this myself, <laughs> where I lost a bunch of weight. I was like, it's over now, and I started eating cookies and eating like you know lots of really bready sandwiches, and I gained all the weight. And it was because I thought, oh, I fixed the problem. Now I can go back to normal. And that's not how it works. No. And that's how you can kind of get into, like, you know, hot water with diets is they aren't supposed to last very long. And then when you're done, you don't really have any guidance of what to do next. Exactly. And I think that's why it's so important to make a distinction between are we um, on a fad diet that is designed to be super restrictive to achieve big changes or are we changing our eating and ways of living in a way that we can continue mm -hmm. because how you lose the weight is how you have to behave yeah it's supposed to be a lifestyle <laughs> you're supposed to do it for life if you if you're changing habits and behaviors to lose weight the ultimate goal should be to do it so you never have to worry about gaining weight because <laughs> you're trying to correct it's rather than putting a Band-Aid on the problem, you're actually kind of getting to the source of the problem and, sol problem and solving that rather than having to put a new Band-Aid on all the time. You know, it, it's, if it's a wound that's, that's bleeding out, you need stitches, you don't need a Band-Aid. <laughs> that's what happens. You need to get stitches, and the stitches might be solving some behavioral things. Mm. That could mm -hmm. be, you know, working on maybe how you could avoid snacking at night or changing what you snack on at night or whatever, rather than I'm just not going to eat cookies for the next three months and let's see what happens, or I'm going to avoid gluten for the next year and see what happens. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to lose weight. You can eat a lot of things that aren't gluten, that are gluten-free and still fries are gluten-free. Go for it. Have fun. <laughs> and I, I think this, this ties back into what we were talking about at the beginning. We need to get good advice 
you need to have a basic understanding that no matter what, the fundamentals of um, exercise really, or of weight loss really are um, eat less, move more. Yes. That's the fundamentals of it. Now, it's challenging and there are lots of nuances and there are lots of ways to change that and then there are lots of um, ways to go about that. But if anybody is coming from the idea that like calories don't matter or it's more important what macronutrients you eat or you can lose a significant amount of weight without exercising, whatever it is, if something is not backed by that, you have to move more and you have to eat less, Mm -hmm. then that's probably a really good sign that it's, it's a gimmick. Yeah. It, we, the fundamentals are pretty much straight across the board. And as we said, it's not easy. Like they're they're fundamentals. Yes. But doesn't mean it's easy to do them because again, fighting biology. However, the thing is, you know, if, if, if you do a diet that's like, you never have to exercise. Like there was that article that came out, I think like five years ago where I said like, you don't have to eat fruits or vegetables and you can still lose weight. And everyone's like, heck yeah, I don't have to eat fruits or vegetables. I can just eat whatever I want and lose weight. Well, they didn't preface the fact that you have to be in a calorie deficit, one. And two, you're still missing out on a lot of vital nutrients in terms of vitamins and minerals you get from said fruits and vegetables that you don't have to eat. Yeah, you're losing weight, but is it a healthy way? I would beg to differ. Yes. And this goes back to one of my favorite phrases, which is, if you don't understand the science, everything looks like magic. (laughs) And that's what fad diets rely on. They want to sell you the idea of magic. Yes. They have come up with the formula. They have the magic. But when you understand the science, you know it's not magic. You see exactly what, what they're trying to get you to do. And you can disseminate a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And I want to add this too, because a lot of times it's a lot of comparison because you'll know somebody who did the diet, who did really, really well. And they're like, oh, I want to try that because they were super successful. So I want to see if it's going to work for me. Um, there's two things that could be happening there. One, the successful part is that they're lying. Uh, not to accuse anyone in your life of lying to you, but it happens where they lie and say they did something when in actuality they didn't. And we know of that in many instances in this field. Oh, this is okay. I have a, I have a story for this. Go ahead. Tangent away. <laughs> so I, I did have a friend a long time ago. Um, she was an exercise instructor mm-hmm. and I knew her personally. Um, and she was going through this really, really stressful time and not eating. Yes. Okay. okay. Not eating. So she lost a bunch of weight. And then one day in her class, one of her participants came up to her and said, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. What are you doing? And she goes, oh, I went vegan. Oh my gosh. And so like when you said that, <laughs> that people lie about what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They want to look, you know, we all want to look good. We all want to look better. You, you know, it, how, if someone came up and asked you that question and the honest answer is, well, I'm stressed. I haven't been eating. It's like, how are you doing? You don't say, oh, my life's falling apart. The world's on fire. You don't say that. You're like, oh, it's great. Everything's dandy. I'm doing this great diet. It's really working. Even if it's not true, we want to look good. And that's one thing that could be happening. And the other thing is it, that fad diet might actually be working for that person. So that's the other aspect of it. So either they're lying to you about the fact that they're doing this diet and then it didn't do it at all. Cause like, you know, there's a lot of examples of people who get like bariatric surgery, lie about the surgery and say they're doing this magical, you know, detox thing that's working for them. When we all know back behind the scenes, they had a surgery that helped them with weight loss. 
and that's one thing we see a lot but the other one too is you know if it is working for this person it doesn't mean it's gonna work for you because we're all different and what works for someone else is not always the case it's not always going to be that way. If you want to be successful, if you want to lose weight, you kind of have to, and it sucks to have to say this, but you have to do a little bit of trial and error. Like, will this work? Oh, no, that didn't work. All right, let's try this. You know, if you're like, I'm going to try intermittent fasting and not eat after a certain amount of time. And at like, you know, let's say you cut off at five and then at six o'clock, you're like, I want to eat my hand. Maybe intermittent fasting isn't working for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to note that fad diets become fad diets because they are working. Yes. Like, quote, unquote, working. Yes. But let's redefine what working means. Exactly. So if working or success to you is okay that it is temporary, dramatic, unsustainable, then yeah. Go for it. But for a lot of us and looking long term at diet culture and why fad diets really create a problem in our society with weight and eating issues is that every time you restrict, um, you feel deprived, you lose a bunch of weight, and then you go back, Mm -hmm. it creates issues with um, like how you perceive food. It creates issues around overeating and binging. And then your body, every time you drastically lose weight, loses its muscle mass so you're ending up with a slower metabolism than you were when you started so yes fad diets are fad diets because they're working and people are spreading and they're like i lost 60 pounds and everybody's like i want that but as professionals as we work with this long term we see the much bigger picture and every time you believe that there is some magic pill out there it really just detracts you mm-hmm. from doing the work that is actually going to solve the problem and make you feel better, make you healthier, and make you happier. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's a great point you bring up about the muscle mass thing. So I always talk about that because maybe it's because that's just my thing that I like to talk about. I really like to talk about muscle. We love muscle and strength training. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we're exercise physiologists. Why would we not? So. That's something I think a lot of us forget or maybe don't even know is your body likes to get rid of metabolically active tissue first. So if you're doing some sort of fad diet and or crash diet where you're restricting your calories pretty low and you're not exercising or you're not doing strength training for that matter, your body is not going to go, all right, let's just lose the fat. Because like I said, biologically, famine, we don't want to have a famine. So we're going to hold on to that fat for dear life. And your body's going to go, well, what's burning the most calories? Oh, muscle burns a ton of calories. Let's eat that first. And we'll preserve the fat for the famine. And the problem with that is when you lose all this weight, it doesn't necessarily mean your percent body fat is normal. You could still be obese. It's called normal weight obesity. Your BMI says you're perfect, but your fat percent is 40 and it shouldn't be that high. No no one anywhere. It doesn't matter what you're using as your test. 40 is too high. 40%. Otherwise known as skinny fat. Skinny fat. You're soft. <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, I learned it as skinny fat first, and then my professor was like, actually, we call it normal weight obesity, but skinny fat. Wink, wink. And I was like, all right, cool. We got an idea. So, you know, that's something that we, f- we forget because we're like, we just see the progress on the scale and we don't look at the other aspects of weight loss. And so fad diets kind of 
you know, challenge us in that way where we don't really have to look at those things. We're like, but there's success. The scale's going down. Yay. We don't have to worry about everything else. But there's more to it than that, right? It's, it's more than just, oh, yay, the scale's less. Cool. Yes. And this is precisely why people who have dieted off and on throughout their life find weight management harder and harder each time. Great point. Let's talk about this. I want to talk about this. All right, go. No, you talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, so basically we, and we have seen in studies that this happen. Um, Your metabolic rate is determined by how much muscle mass you have. So as Melanie just stated, every time you lose a significant amount of weight um, quickly without strength training, you lose a fair amount of muscle mass. So oftentimes, if we're on a a low-calorie restrictive diet, not strength training, almost half of the weight that we're seeing come off comes from muscle mass. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is that every time you end a diet like that, your metabolism is now slower than it was when you started. So... If you are in a cycle of diet and then slowly coming back to your old habits, that calorie deficit, that calorie difference between what you're taking in and what you are burning gets bigger and bigger. And that's why you end up heavier Mm -hmm. than you were before the last diet. Yeah, exactly. It's... Your body, like I said, physiology wants to gain weight. It wants the fat. It wants to have it there. So when you eat extra calories after you're done with that crash diet, it's just going to turn it right into fat. It doesn't turn it into muscle. That's the strength training piece that's super crucial for weight loss, which we forget. People say like, oh, what is she, what's the best exercise for weight loss? And I'm like, strength training. What about cardio? We always hear about cardio. And I'm not knocking cardio. It's great. You should definitely do it. But in terms of weight loss and weight maintenance to keep the weight off, strength train (laughs) long-term weight management yes yes cardio will pull those calories off but cardio is not an investment Mm -mm. in your future ease of weight management exactly exactly and you know your body when you're losing weight what's kind of cool the physiological aspect of it when you're when you're losing weight whether it's a crash diet or not I mean you can do a crash diet and still do strength training and probably have a lot more success So if you're doing strength training in the process of losing weight, you're tricking your brain into going, well, I got to keep the muscle. So let's just burn the fat because you're using the muscle when you lift those weights. Not to say that you won't lose a little bit of muscle, but it's substantially less than if you didn't strength train at all. So if that's not a sales pitch, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) Just pointing that out. (laughs) I mean, but seriously, like if you want to change your body composition, it is calorie deficit and strength trade yes and those are the two most and then after that put in your cardio put in you know changing around your macronutrients Mm -hmm. but the fundamentals are calorie deficit strength train yep keep it simple yeah keep it simple so you know if 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 you know people and this is how i always get this question well i know someone doing this fad diet and i don't agree and i think it's unsafe you honestly it's not your place to tell somebody what they can or can't do 
with their diets. Um, and as much as you may be concerned for someone's well-being, they're probably not going to listen to you regardless of what kind of thing you come at them with. And so it's not your responsibility to try to change that. But as long as you understand the benefits of, you know, strength training and eating well and just having a calorie deficit – that's going to help you and be successful for yourself. And then if people ask you, then you can share the knowledge. You're like, this is what I did. Woohoo. And maybe that person who was successful with whatever they're doing, crash diet wise or not, or fad diet wise, gains weight back and goes, okay, what did you do? Guess who's the winner in the long run? <laughs> right. And resist the urge to, to compare. Yeah. Because that like, those quick results that's what gets people and to be perfectly honest when you are um, eating healthfully you're exercising um, you're not doing anything crazy the results happen a little bit slower yeah you're not seeing this drastic drop in the scale which is good because the drastic drop in the scale is coming from water and muscle mass yes it's not accelerated fat mass loss so just be I think, you know, the difference between a fad diet and a lifestyle mindset is fad diet is I want the results now. Instant um, gratification. Instant gratification. And the lifestyle mindset is much more like this is the new me. I know that these are healthy. I'm cueing into how I'm feeling every day. I'm cueing in to be mentally at peace with food and exercise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then the other thing that I wanted to add to as far as like the fad diet thing goes, um, you know, the whole comparison when you're comparing to others, like I said before, there's individual differences. What works for someone may not work for you. And even if it's success, like even if it's someone who's like, oh, I'm eating lots of vegetables and I went plant-based, I'm doing this. And you're like, oh, let me try. And it doesn't work. And I wouldn't even say plant-based is really even a fad because there's quite a bit of research behind that. But you know, if, if someone is doing something and you think it's going to work and it doesn't work for you, it just it just means it might not work for you. And it, that's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay if it doesn't work. It's that mindset of, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Because if you think about anything you've ever put your mind to, it doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be exercise. It can be like learning a new skill, like how to build a birdhouse or whatever. Like pick something random that you tried to do at one point in your life. Did you give up when you failed the first time? Because we want this instant gratification in the diet world. Is it the same in other aspects of our life? If you're trying to do something artsy, if you're trying to build something or learn a new skill, let's say you're learning a new sport and you trip and fall, go, well, that sucks. I guess I can't do soccer or whatever sport you're trying. We don't do that with a lot of other things in our life. It's only with the weight loss that we expect these instant results when in actuality, the longer it takes, the longer you're going to keep it off because it didn't you didn't gain weight overnight you didn't just wake up with oh man how did i gain 100 pounds what happened no no that's not how this works <laughs> right it's it's a lifestyle exactly and it is it is skill building i i love that you said that because i think we tie so much of our own self-worth yes to how we're eating and how we're exercising or not exercising that we get lost in the self-worth conversation and willpower when really this is just a new skill. Yeah, it's just another skill you get to learn. You have to work at it. You have to learn a little bit about yourself and it can be incredibly frustrating. 
Um, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times in my life I've tried every sort of diet under the sun just to lose weight and I always failed for some odd reason. Um, you know, mindset, it, it, you don't have to be perfect the first time and it's accepting the fact that you might have to try a little bit and figure some stuff out before you get to exactly where you need to be because you want it to be sustainable and sometimes it's just a little trial and error. You know, when you try new foods for the first time, you don't always love them. And then maybe that food's not for you. That's okay. Move on. Try something else. You don't go, oh, I can't eat anymore. I can't like this food, so all food sucks. You don't do that. It's extreme thinking. We don't think extreme. All food sucks. I'll <laughs> never eat again. I'm just going to eat fries. No. <laughs> um, if, if you guys are interested in, in this part of the conversation, we did a full podcast on um, managing food triggers yes. and goal setting. So both two separate podcasts, two, two separate ones. And the goal setting really talks about how, how do you, um, move through finding what works and what doesn't work for mm-hmm. you. And then the managing food triggers talks a little bit more around how we deal with cravings and why we have cravings and how we deal with, you know, managing our food triggers. So if that interests you, you can expand on those, those two in the, um, playlists yeah it's super exciting you can have all these other playlists to, or the, all these other podcasts to listen to so if you just start listening today you're like oh wow there's more of course there's more go for it have fun <laughs> be free scoot scoot yes right. so be on the lookout for those fad diets and just say no yes and if you really really truly honestly feel like you need extra support and extra help maybe you want to get a diet plan from someone who knows what they're doing we do have dietitians here who can help build an, you know, an eating plan for you. You don't have to be a Kaiser member. Uh, you can easily just call in. Um, the phone number is going to be listed in, in the description. So you can easily call into our clinic and schedule an appointment. Non, you can be anywhere in the world. doesn't matter as long as you have a time zone that syncs kind of with ours when we're working. And uh, you can schedule an appointment with a dietitian and just get a, a meal plan built for you based on what you want. They're not going to go eat this. They're going to work with you to figure out what's going to jive with you. Or any of our, our number of classes. Yes. Healthy Balance, we have. Which anyone who's a Kaiser member can take for free. For free. Or if you're non-Kaiser, it's $160. Still, anyone can take it. Don't have to be a Kaiser member. Mm-hmm. And we have free wellness seminars. Mm-hmm. We have so many, many options to get good nutrition advice. Exactly. Go to positivechoice.org. Click around. Out get in contact with us yeah well it's about that time it is this was so much fun i oh, love yeah. this topic i know we get to sit here and chat all day it's great we're sitting in the gym surrounded by weights it's just a good day <laughs> but uh with that being said everybody i hope you have a fantastic and healthy rest of your month and or week or whatever day it is right now and until next time bye